everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this special edition day? Oh, I am so special, I can't even tell you, Alan, of the round <laughs> I've table. always said that about you. I know, I, and I have proven it beyond a shadow of a measure down there. Um, <laughs> at, uh, a metric measure or uh, more of an English unit measure? No, we do it at, like in Canada. We do it in two fours. <laughs> that, that's but, our unit of measurement. Uh, back bacon? Oh, that's uh, the, the, the conversion between back bacon and two fours is um, three. It's one to a gigawatt. Mm, you never trust the gigawatts. No. Yeah, it's a it's a sunny day. It's it's. Uh, I'm excited to be here at LFP Worldwide headquarters. Why with is that, you Mark? Because today, again, like we have before, we have a live from Pawnee presents Pawnee Spotlight. Oh, Alan, it's another Pawnee Spotlight. It's here. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked about this uh, as we exited out of last week's episode when we covered uh, the debate. That's right. We said we would be back this week uh, with uh, set decorator Kim Wanup, yep. and we certainly are. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Kim a little earlier uh, in the spring, and we've been sitting on this episode and really just anxious to play it. Um, and we had a great conversation with Kim. I, I learned a lot in this conversation. I, I thought that this was a really fascinating take on something that not a lot of people think about when yes. you think about because you think, you well, know, okay, they're the stars, they're the directors, the they're writing. the producers. But yeah. but this is something that it's like, what an unsung hero, because you talk about something that's so important and yet so. I mean, you see it, but it's kind of overlooked, like yeah. it doesn't get the credit it probably deserves. And it's really fascinating. I agree. Well, Kim also has her own um, podcast, which I know we mentioned in the interview and we'll tease it here at the end as well. But, um, you know, I've listened to a few episodes of it and actually I like it. It's one of the I've actually probably been listening to it not every week, but pretty Every time I see someone that I know the movie that they did or they she's also interviewed some directors and some producers as well. So it's not just other uh, set decorators, but it's kind of fascinating because when I listen to it, they're basically having this conversation that feels like insider conversation. It's like mm -hmm. you're listening in and it's kind of cool. And we got a little of that in our interview with her too. There was a little bit of an industry lingo and we, we tried to play along and act all cool like we knew what she yeah, talking Yeah, we know about. the thing that you're yeah, saying yeah. that we yeah, don't have any idea terrific, what, what that yes. means. Um, yeah, her, her podcast is, is very, very good. I did uh, recommend that anybody that is listening, please go and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, let's do this. Let's kick off the interview and we'll come back to wrap things up at the end. All right, man, let's do it. All right. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can. I got a chance to listen to your podcast today. So, oh, thanks. Nice I've listened show. to you guys. Great job. I mean, great recaps and everything. And, thank um, you. oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, uh, gosh, what, nine guests, Mark, now maybe or so? Something I think like even that. more. Yeah. Maybe more than that. Yeah. We've been, we've been really lucky. We've been really been lucky. Very nice. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the thing is, um, people who loved, who people who worked on the show, pretty much loved working on the show. So I think it's a, it's a matter of loving to talk about a job that you had. Because yeah, right. I don't think there's a lot of, I mean, if you're lucky, you get a lot of jobs that you love, but not everybody's lucky like that. <laughs> and not every job's like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely, we've definitely heard that. So yeah. Excellent. Again, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really excited to to talk some parks. I'm, uh, I'm jonesing to get back on a show like that. It would be lovely. 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, we, we've talked to quite a few on-screen uh, guest stars and some people behind the scenes, both writers and directors. And some people have had some pretty interesting stories about how they came to Parks. Um, what's your story? How did you actually get the opportunity to work on the show in season four? Well, I got fired from Bones. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, yeah, that's a really weird, long story. Um, but I... I got called for it actually for season three and the production designer, Ian Phillips called me. I didn't know him or I did know him. I knew him. We had worked together on bones and that's why he called me. Duh. Um, and so he called me and said, Hey, I might be needing a decorator for next season. I'm taking over. Um, what's your availability? And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't want to leave bones because it's 24 episodes. Like you start to think about work and you're like, Parks and Rec never, I mean, I didn't watch it at the time. It was only season three um, had was uh, just about to air, you know, so because they had a crazy airing schedule their first couple seasons. So I was like, uh, I don't know, that doesn't sound cool. And but then I thought I psyched myself up. I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll leave Bones. I'll go do this like 12. I think it was only 12 episodes instead of the 24 and yeah. You know, job security is kind of a big thing in our world and you know sure <laughs> i called him back and i was like hey let's talk about this let's you know let me know what you think start dates rates blah 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 ghosted me never called me back and i was like okay fine so a year goes by he calls me again and says hey i'm looking for a decorator I go, hey you know what you gave me this spiel a year ago so unless i talk to somebody else and i find out that this is a real offer i don't want to talk to you <laughs> so that's how we started our decorating production design relationship and it's been great ever since <laughs> um but i i started on season four and I think they really picked up in season three and they got more viewers and the, you know, they let go of some loose ends and they really start to develop and, and straighten out the characters and everything. And um, I think they were nominated that year also. So I came into like it being a better show, which was kind of nice. Right. But um, I, I, uh, I loved it. I was actually really afraid that my, my set dressing wasn't funny. Because I'd only done, I'd only done, you know, like one hour dramas. And I was like, is this chair funny? Is, is it supposed to be funny? Or is it, am I, like, I had a real hard time with that, that first season, but uh, eventually I got it. <laughs> well, that, that does tie into a question why we got in here, which is, you know, where do you get that direction? I, I assume some of it you get latitude to do yourself, but who generally gives a set decorator kind of the the goal in mind, I guess. It's, it's the production designer. It's after, okay. you know, it's after meetings, the concept meeting, you know, half hours, pretty structured where, especially with parks, I think we had five or six day, I think we had for like five day episodes. So, mm -hmm. and you're shooting the same time you're prepping. So you would, you know, get a, have a concept meeting on a Tuesday, um, maybe a production meeting on a, Friday and in, in between that time you scout, you have your art department meeting. So you're getting bits and pieces here and there, but generally the production designer has already luckily, hopefully had other meetings or other conversations with the producers, with the showrunner, 
um, about the direction of, of say like a museum, like a snow globe museum or, you know, the, the farmer's market or something like that, or the harvest festival. So you're, I'm getting, I'm getting bits and pieces in the meetings that I'm in, but the general direction is from the production designer. Nice. I see. Okay. Yeah. How much latitude did you get generally on a, a new set or things like that? You know, was it fully scripted or did you have a lot of opportunity to kind of make it your own? It's not, it's never, it's never really scripted. I would say it's like, hmm. you know, of a farmer's market and, you know, we definitely want the kale woman there. And then, and, and then you're like, or like, you know, the, the one where Leslie has like 32 holidays in one room. Cause she wants to celebrate them all with Anne. And you're like, that sounds funny, but how are we going to do that? I mean, right. that type of set, the, the set dressing sort of dominates because, you know, they're not building the, the room for me to decorate. It's a location. It's just basically one big room. And then we're putting in, but, you know, making it logical for, the actors to walk through and, you know, the staging of the scene and everything. So that has to be orchestrated with me. But um, I, I, you know, I go out and then I come back and present to the designer and or like in the art department meeting to the show to Mike Scher and Morgan Sackett and um, the director, Dean Holland was there a lot. So, I mean, you start to get a vibe and I think I think they trusted me at a certain point. <laughs> so that was always nice too. That's so yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That's great. Kim, I have a question. Um, you know, Alan and I are based out of, uh, we're in Indianapolis. So we like to say we're just a couple hours north of Pawnee. A Pawnee, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I know that Alan and I have had uh, several occasions where just because we're we're Hoosiers, you know, we'll, we'll see something and go, that's, we bet that's not, Indiana, like either it's warmer than it would be here or something like that. So we were curious, did, did you have to uh, factor in or did you try to factor in anything uh, like, oh, this was in Indiana, or, you know, with regards to the aesthetic or like location designs? Well, I think um, there's there's a lot of taking out of palm trees in post. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of the locations that were selected were a little down. I mean, I'm not trying to say, um, but I was more like trying to get the, like a more small townish, sure. not anything yeah. updated, yeah. And things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, we weren't going to like n new buildings for locations we were finding, or they were finding, um, you know, community centers that had been there since the sixties and a little bit um, older. Yeah. And I think they really try to get that vibe, the palette of like a lot of wood, <laughs> a lot of bay. Yeah. You know, that's a location and and always in mind to, you know, when I'm decorating it. But uh, there's but there's always a sense of keeping in mind where you are. You know, I've, I've done other shows where, you know, you're in D.C. or you're here. You're always in mind. You're always trying to keep in mind like, oh, what time of year is it? And would they so we got to put coats around. We got to make sure that it looks, you know, like it's cold out, even though there's no smoke coming out of anybody's mouth and it's <laughs> usually like 90 degrees in the valley where we're shooting but right so yeah no it's always kept in mind that's great on yeah. the on the character side are there anything that you thinking back you know were there any personal touches that you know uh were maybe kim kim one up originals that informed the the characters like leslie or ron or any of the characters oh there's so many things really i mean the the 
specifically with Leslie, um, I wasn't the first decorator, obviously, but I, t I really took off of owls and knowledge. And there's always, you know, sort of owls in her artwork in her home. There was owls on her desk that we got there. And then when we had to do new offices, I would always put those in. Um, I brought that over to Moxie when I did that movie with Amy. So um, just as a throwback, but um, you know, even with like April, you're always trying to keep it a little weird, a little off. She didn't <laughs> exactly put her desk like everybody else would have it or um, Ron. I mean, when we did that, um, his, what was it a uh, good job? Like the good, good, good construction company. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was so much fun. But basically, because it was like, oh, Ron expand. Ron's finally doing what he wants to do. But then we were like, he took basically everything that he had and he just put it in his new office, <laughs> exactly where it was, because he doesn't want to change anything. I love it. So you have that opportunity, but then you, you know, you always kind of got to think about the joke of it. So there's those type Donna was always had a little bit of frill, a little bit of bling on everything. And the prop master Gabe Perillo was super about, you know, making little character pieces. If it's Z's would have that type of stuff or Tom um, or Z's. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, specifically, I think the owls I really ran with. Um, I mean, Anne's house was done before I got there. Mm. I did her bedroom, which was like an add on. Um, a lot of it, like um, the house, um, April's house, I mean, that was already done when I got there. And it was yeah. always so weird because it was, we didn't know what, it, I didn't know what it was. It was a viewer. I didn't know what it was. Like, whose house is this? <laughs> and then when Ben moved in there. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Great, yeah. A great element to have him in there. But at the same time, it was like, it was so weird to have his little room be so little and organized. Yeah. But the rest of the house was such chaos. <laughs> yeah. And then we made it the campaign headquarters. That's Just, right. It was, a, it was a pretty big set, you know, to have, which was great. But it was so bare it a sense to me that I was like, oh, I just wish I could do that. I wish I, I wish I could have done this. Not that it wasn't great. It, it really read the characters, yeah. but I just found it hard stepping into and then trying to keep it the same because I just wanted to change it all the time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I get, I think, I hope that answered. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you were lead set decorator through all of four through seven, correct? Yes. So, so that means then I think some of the things that would have been new during that time, we had city council chambers. Yes. I think we saw it for the first time in there. Yeah. Uh, the unity concert. Yes. That was huge. Gr Grizzle. Uh, yeah. Gr Tom's Bistro. Yes. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I mean, anything else that stands out to you? I mean, her, the new parks office. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the national parks office. Yeah. Um, yeah. The finale, which was, you know, crazy, one of the yeah. best ones. I still Absolutely. think about that clear airplane that um, <laughs> Billy Eichner's characters on. I still I think about that That's scene great. all the time of like, God, could that really happen? Um, I think about all the things that Parks predicted, <laughs> which is crazy of like baseball team yeah. winning and corporations taking over corporations. And um, it's a little scary. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, the Unity concert was huge. Um, I had mentioned that um, <laughs> that ballroom of like, I think it was 32 holidays. 
the next week we did that inside farmer's market and I just about died like doing all that work <laughs> in two weeks. So that always sticks out to me. The Unity concert, the, here's the best story about it. We set it all, it took a couple of days to set up that stage and everything and then put the graphics in, those big uh, graphics on either side of the stage, I remember. And then I had all these booths of like games and they were walking through and getting food and such. And you try to set up as much as you can. And so we, I think we had like two or three days prep. The first day we set it up, the sprinklers went off like during, <laughs> during the night or something, everything got drenched. And like so much of the graphics, I think got ruined. We had to reprint. Oh, no. Then the night before it was out in like, I think it's Hanson, Hanson Dam in um, Los Angeles. Hmm. There was a huge windstorm <laughs> and all the, most of the, like tumbling, the tents were tumbling down the, the, the field. I woke up in a panic at like 4 a.m., like looking and, and went, I wasn't supposed to be until like six. I left my house at like 4.15, got there. And there was like, just, you know, cause I had all these prizes and, you know, for all the, the carny games, they were scattered everywhere. I'm there. I was there by myself. And then all of a sudden our, um, <laughs> One of our production guys, Doug uh, Smith, was there. All of a sudden, he pulls up. He's like, the wind's really bad. We got to get all this. I'm like, I know. The location <laughs> tents are tumbling. I'm there picking up, like, soft oh ducks gosh. and, like, little, like, <laughs> things in the middle of the night in the dark. My crew got there early, too, because they knew it was going to be a mess. And it was a mess. It was an absolute mess until, you know, and then they shot, you know, they they shot the stage first and then turned it around thankfully. And so, yeah. you know, it all gets done in time, but you know, that was a heart attack. <laughs> wow. A heart attack. Wow. Um, yeah, I love, but it's a great set. I mean, I've, I've gotten to do like a huge, you know, stage set. It's fantastic. And I've done many carnivals since then. So I, it can never be that bad again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, That's great. Ben's new office when Ben went to DC, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Group. Oh yeah. The DC that sets. was a yeah. huge yeah. office yeah. that was built on our stages That's right. and tons of um, dressing and office and making it look completely anti-Pawnee that yeah. he's like, you know, hit, yeah. kind of hit the, the big time and left Leslie behind sadly ish. Um, yeah. So remember that was a huge dress for us too in my time there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Did you do Joan's bedroom? Of course I did. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> that I mean that was like one of the first sets I did, I think. Yeah, it's early in season four, so that makes yeah. sense. I think yeah. it was like yeah. I think it was the, the first set I did, and I was like, Well, this is wow. I'm not on <laughs> sets the bar kind of high anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that uh picture of her and somebody took that, I think. I forget. That was like a big grab at the end, like Joan's portrait. <laughs> She had a couple of them. When we talked to her, she she had uh, she oh, told she us got. she had stuff out in the garage. Yeah, she oh, got good. a couple of things, and she had uh, the the Pawnee Today set sign behind her. Yeah. Oh, nice! Did her nice. Uh, her interview with us, which was great. And uh, I just saw on her Instagram that she had auctioned off, I think, for charity for for something, uh, one of the the giant portraits and she met the person in a parking lot. I don't know what kind of vehicle they brought, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was as huge. big as them together. They're, it like, was yeah, like it's five, be it five was like five feet. Yeah. It was yeah, huge. Oh so I don't know. Uh, he must have had a truck or something. I'm glad that she got them because I've had 
artwork, portraits of actors, and then they don't get it. And, it, you know, sort of winds up at a Goodwill in Silver Lake or something. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. Kim, how did you get into set decoration as a, as a creative medium? Was that always a direct goal for you or did it happen as part of a different pursuit? I, um, uh, I always loved TV and film. I'm a total film dork when I was little. And um, I didn't know that this job really existed, just sort of watching films and being like, oh, that must have been there type thing. You know, you watch Goonies, you think that ship was there. So <laughs> the. Um, it wasn't? <laughs> it wasn't. Sorry. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, I went to school for interior architecture and I've always loved design and. Um, my boyfriend at the time went to school for directing. And so he was like, I'm moving out to LA after graduation. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go with you and, uh, we'll, I'll try it out. And I literally moved out here with like three grand, <laughs> <laughs> took me eight weeks to get a PA job. And I really haven't stopped working since I just sort of was so determined to, figure out like I want to work in this world I want to do it and then finding that there is this whole department and many branches of it that you can yeah. be a part of you can draw all day you can yeah. decorate you can like be a decorator's assistant you can do props I mean there's so many things on that credits at the end of little jobs so I just found it fascinating and um just work towards it. And I worked in a lot of, I worked production. I worked in the office. I worked art departments. I worked almost every position trying to figure out what to do. And um, so I worked my way up and I think that all helped me. All of that experience helped me. So I do, I don't, I, I don't know if how I got in, you can still get in to like mm -hmm. this world. I actually think it's easier now because we're so busy. And mm -hmm. it's so um, like it's we they need people. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be a PA first. And no. And I think make the connection. I have a whole discussion of how that hurts you mm -hmm. in a sense of not getting that experience okay. and just being thrown into it and not. I've heard that. Knowing etiquette yeah. and learned and and things like that. But yeah. hey, man, if you can get in right away, God bless you, because it took me like five years to get into the union and to, you know, cause you have to be union to work on the 99% of cool shit. Right. <laughs> you know? So there's another way of like accumulating hours and that's, just, I don't even know what the hour that was like beyond me to like accumulate hours to get into mm -hmm. the union. And so you have to work on something that turns union and yeah, I always loved design. I always loved decorating and 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 always loved films and couldn't believe that I could merge them. So I got lucky. I, had, cool. I really had my dream job. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. My, my, my daughter is a is a is a talented artist. She's a junior in high school and she's um, I think her go big goal is to be a Disney Imagineer. Oh. But um, I've been t I've been telling her as we've been learning a lot ourselves doing this podcast, you know, the art department is huge within yeah. a set of a movie or a TV yeah. show. And she's got three or four different skills that I think would flex in there. So who knows? Storyboarding, illustrating. I mean, all of she's those great. in the art department and, you know, there's huge amounts of illustrators and concept designers um, yeah. 
because a lot of films now are just huge budget films. It's either huge yeah. budget or, you know, 2 million. So there's, there are big art departments. My next project, they have illustrators on. I mean, it happens in TV too. So I would tell her, first of all, I would tell her to listen to my podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I do She'd have like one. episode I, I listened today. Yeah. I do have one storyboard artist on who was fascinating. And so if she is interested in that, she would go for it. But Disney was a huge inspiration for me. I mean, when I was little, yeah. we went to Disney World. It was always an inspiration for me. So being a Disney in, you know, Imagineers, like that's a, that's a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. She should go for and it. I want to live vicariously through her no matter what she does, of course. So, yeah. yeah. Since I did the boring corporate thing. But so where were you before you went to California then? I was, I went to school in Philadelphia. I grew up okay. Philadelphia, South Jersey. Okay. So that explains Disney World versus Disneyland. So yeah. Okay. The real, yeah. I mean, Disneyland. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> we're the same way. Actually, the funny thing is we're going to make our first trip to Disneyland in June. And we've never been there. We've been to Florida 18 times. Yeah. 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 So, well, be very interesting. Have fun. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I, we went like eight or nine times between the ages of like five and 20. And then um, we went once on a family trip when I was 14. And we were like, what is this? You could see 7 Eleven <laughs> from the that. castle. So That's we right. were highly. We were like, you know, Disney people, <laughs> Disney World people. And so we were offended. But it was also yeah. <laughs> before Disney California, right before yeah. Disney California. Yeah. And true. I have lived in Los Angeles like 22 years or something. And I've never been to Disneyland since. I'm going next oh week with my three-year-old twins. Oh, really? So nice. I can let you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. We're only, Love we're not hear. doing uh, a... Yeah. California. We're just doing the because it's our first time. I can't just this part. But um, yeah, yeah uh, Disney is a yeah. huge, um, I think, inspiration for a lot of designers. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and I know what you're talking about, because I saw some video of the castle and I'm like, where it like, is that the castle? Where is it? And, you know, even with forced perspective, it still looks like a tiny little shack. <laughs> it versus, is, you know, Cinderella's castle. I, and Orleans. I think one of the best things about Disney World is that anticipation to see the castle. Are you going to take the monitor? Are you going to take the, uh, the, the what is it, monor monorail? Are you going to take the boat? Are the you going to, yeah. you know, you can't see it yeah. from the, you could see like the little spires from the parking lot, maybe. But yeah. basically yeah. you're parking and then you're like, oh, there's a castle. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's how it was when I was 14. So I'll, I'll see you next week. Right. <laughs> so when designing and preparing a new set, how much time do you usually have? And I guess how much time do you wish you had? Because I suspect no. they're not the same thing. <laughs> um, I, we do. You, it's really like that train is chugging and you start a new episode every Monday. I mean, I think that's how it was on Parks. Mm -hmm. If not, it started on a. I think that's how it was. Um, so m Monday you, it's not like you have off, you're shooting, you might be shooting on a location or stages. And then so you get four days to prep the episode. You get Tuesday through Friday. Okay. And then it's used Monday. <laughs> so, and hopefully, you know, a bigger set shoots like the following Friday, you know, so it's not, so you're, and, and producers are usually really good with that and location, but locations aren't always available on certain days. And sometimes you have to do it Monday and you work the weekend. So 
but we had super producers uh, on Parks and Rec and they were always very conscious of what it would take every department to get it done and very fair, I always felt. Um, and still are, I'm lucky I still get to work with them sometimes, so. <laughs> um, but it's four <laughs> days. I mean, it's I would get a script on Tuesday and um, art department meeting on Wednesday, scout it Thursday, production meeting Friday, and you're you're off and running so everything's super quick yeah wow. you wish you had you would i always wished i had a weekend in there like another weekend that would always be really helpful yeah but then you're just working on your time off so that doesn't yeah. count <laughs> but, right um i was gonna ask because i mean if friday is your meeting and then you realize you need four new things for the set on monday yeah. are you basically yeah over the weekend or what are yeah you doing? and and really okay yeah. Yeah. And you, I think closet, you so. sort of balance out like, look, do I, I mean, uh, me, am I just going to run in target and buy these couple things or do I need to work a day? And that's, you know, that's honest because there are days you get to go home early. You know what I mean? You, you give and take with what you get in TV. It's, it's a very much hurry up and wait. It's very much like, oh, we sat here for three days and did nothing. Mm. And now everything's, you know, shooting on Monday. So you got to give and take. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to say that I have to work Saturday, but that's just me. And I shouldn't say that really, because you should be paid for your time. But I do feel like, uh, you know, I didn't, ha I didn't go in until eight yesterday. <laughs> Slacker. But yeah. Oh, time and money is what you wish you had on every project, every show. Absolutely. Yeah. Kim, you you had mentioned earlier that you uh, had a chance to work with Amy Poehler again on uh, on the movie Moxie. Um, mm -hmm. How is the experience different uh, decorating for a movie rather than television? It's it's different as um, you get, uh, let's say you get a month prep, and then it shoots for six weeks. Well, that's that script's not going to change. Do you know what I mean? Like you can prep. You could kind of prep. You try to prep that whole movie. Ish. and then that's mm. it but if you're if you're on tv or you know um, i mean even parks the scripts would change and hopefully the sets wouldn't but you know the for actors you know your your dialogue could change that morning whereas if you're on a film it's kind of set you're kind of they're not really usually going to change so i had the whole movie in front of me the first day i got there and then you just start prepping from there. So, you know, like, oh, we have, you know, five classrooms, we got the house party, we got this. So in that sense, it's, it's like that. And then uh, budgeting wise, you, you have this sort of like lump sum, whereas on TV, you have a bunch of money that would be your Amort sets, like builds, like if you're building Ben's new office for the season, you're building city council for the season, that's put into your Amort. And then episodically, oh, it's, you know, um, Jam's apartment. Well, that's, you know, this much money in that. So it's, the, it's, it's, yeah. it's different in budgeting too. Well, Asian silks cost a lot of money. So, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that apartment was fun. That, was that fun. apartment was really fun to do. Um, the swords and everything were super fun. Like everything about it. The, the worst thing about it was it was in a condo and everything had to come up like 10 stairs. 
and everything. I forget there was a piece that the people had, there, that big gong was super heavy for my guys <laughs> to bring in. <laughs> Forget um, about the gong. Yeah. 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 And so that apartment sort of wrapped around and you didn't see the kitchen in the back. But I remember this very clearly of like jamming the person's stuff into the back room so we wouldn't have to take it downstairs. You never want to take people's stuff out of their own place. You'd rather put it in. But this place had such a weird layout. Like it was like a tiny little walkway to the back part of this uh, condo. And we just sort of like push everything in there so we don't take it out. But (laughs) that was a fun, that was a fun set. My lead man still has one of the little swords that he keeps on his desk every nice. <laughs> every show Very we do. Nice. That's great. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? How do you end up renting somebody's condo? And like like here in Indiana, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure in California, it's a thing. No, so. hey, you know what? I bet if you looked up the film commission in uh, Indiana, well, that's true. Yeah, there you can put your home um, like on a list to be shot, and mm-hmm. so location managers. Um, or they'll knock on somebody's door and say, oh, we needed a, we need a a house that, you know, is in view of a fire station or something. Hey, can we rent your house out and stuff like that? So that's the location manager. Hmm. They have a database of thousands of houses and such. And then, um, I know when it comes down to it, they'll just knock on doors. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we mentioned earlier that you have your own podcast. Um, yeah. You know, I got a chance to listen to the episode today with your guest on uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah, so, Ashley. I, I, lo- I love that show. And I was a, a fan of uh, Breaking Bad. So um, tell us about your podcast a little bit. The podcast for me really came about of people not knowing how hard uh, everyone below the line works. <laughs> and so um, I really wanted to share experiences and um, and like that, like someone's favorite show, you want to hear how it's made. You want to hear mm-hmm. a little, everybody wants to know a little bit behind the scenes. Yep. Um, and then it's sort of, it, and for me, it's fantastic because I, I somehow get these like production, huge production designers and people to like talk to me who would never answer my email. Otherwise it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so stalking people no. So, um, but then it sort of. No, I understand. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> But then it sort of turned into, you know, I'm really trying to educate um, on these positions and for anyone who wants to be a part of the film and television world to let you know, like today, uh, this week's episode, I had a cinematographer or director of photography on and he started, and it's, I don't even know his lingo. You know what I mean? I'm not in his world. He started talking about camera angles and like cameras and cool. Yeah. Like I, I was like, Oh, do I have to edit this? Cause I don't know what he's talking about, but for me that might ring with someone and that might make them excited to, you know, yeah. pursue a career. So I, I have a really hard time editing stuff out, which is a problem, but um, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, you know, just letting people know behind the scenes of mostly decorating production design, but I've had editors on, I've had directors. I've had um, um, Dean Holland on who drew, has directed and was a part of Parks. Um, I have a lot of Parks people on. I had nice. Jordan Steinberg, who was our onset dresser. His 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 episodes yeah. really good. Um, Beth McCarthy Miller, who is a director. So it's yeah. really trying to just let people know what's going on behind the camera. Love it. Yeah, That's it's great. been really. Fun. How long have you been doing it? I started five years ago. 
and oh, wow. I released, you know, you got to like release your, per, you know, five, like a bundle. So you get some listeners. Yeah. Yep. And from the time I did all that work and, you know, creating it all and getting your website and everything before you launch and all this stuff. Um, I found out I was pregnant with twins and then I started the last season of Veep and I was like, oh, later podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I yeah. didn't pick it up for another year. And then, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard to do cause you're working and babies and then um pandemic i was like oh everybody's home you have no excuse you have to talk to me <laughs> so i feel like i really revved up them and i really uh, became more comfortable doing it because there's also an awkwardness to talking to either yourself or someone you don't know you know it's a little weird but um yeah, can, and i'm really yeah i'm not i'm not a, a journalist I mean, I'm just right. curious. I'm just as you right. are. It's just an it's just an amount of being curious and for me being so excited to talk to these people. Even like the storyboard artist, I was like, how do you do that? Like how can you <laughs> tell me how to draw that? Um so yeah, so on and off, but pretty consistent, really consistent since COVID. I've been yeah. So yeah. But it's good. I think I have like 80 episodes. Wow. Congratulations. Nice. That's terrific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're getting there. I think we, this, this will be our, I don't know, 67th official episode, but we're in the nineties on releases because we've done spotlight episodes, right. we call them. So right. we, that's kind of what makes us different in our world as, you know, outsiders talking about this show. There are other people have talked about the show, but I don't know a lot of people are doing at least the way we're doing it. So it's kind of our thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's definitely more creative and you're, you're sort of keying into specifics about the show that I don't hear on other, other podcasts, which is really nice. Nice. That's great. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned earlier about production designers, art directors. So I assume that kind of in your world as a set decorator, those are maybe I'm assuming, tell me I'm wrong here. The, those are the two you work most closely with. In terms on, of on the whole yes. look of the show, I mostly work with the production designer, and I overlap a lot with the with the prop master. Um, because a lot of Props, things, okay. you know, that you're looking sense. at like Leslie's office, and she has twenty scrapbooks. You know, the hero ones the prop master makes, and then I would do the background ones um, uh, normally. Um, our prop master was Gay Perillo is above and beyond and one of the best people I've ever worked with. Um, she would do like all 20 and you could flip through all 20. Like she is, she was Leslie Nope. Like she's amazing. Um, so, but a lot of, a lot of props overlap parties, like glassware, like stuff like there's always a party. There's always a cake at on parks So she would do cakes and I would do the plates and like stuff like that. So that, but I get my direction. We all get our direction from the production designer. The art director is um, not, <laughs> I have a big uh, problem, but um, with how it goes, but I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't answer to the art director. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, him and I, uh, the person and I are collaborate and mostly they are in charge of keeping construction on time, keeping construction in budget. Got it. They um, are coordinating between the the art department and 
construction. They're making sure drawings are getting done. They're making sure graphics is getting done. So they're the overall coordinator of making sure everybody's working together. Got it. Are they more focused on build then? Yeah. So the set decoration department is is actually its own department. Props is its own department, but the production designer oversees everything. I see. So, yeah. A lot of art directors like to try to tell set decorators what to do. <laughs> so, but some, some don't, some are nice. So it's good. That's great. It's a hard job. It's not, it's, yeah. none of it's easy. So. Sure. I, I'm just curious. I got to ask. So what, what would you say is the, um, the, the craziest or most expensive thing that you've ever had to acquire to get to create a scene or a set? Well, I would have to say the first thing that comes to my head is on Veep. We had to do the green room in the White House and it shot like in a week. And it was just like, get that money, just get it done, <laughs> just whatever it takes. Um, which is really hard because historically it has to look right. So it wasn't, you know, I couldn't barter with anyone. I had to just really pay for it and get it done and the drapery and all that. So I know that that was a really expensive set. Um Oh, most expensive. God, I, I mean, drapery on impeachment that I just mm. did was through the roof for White House and um, blinds for the Pentagon. Like everything was just so expensive. And wow. so many things are getting more expensive after COVID because of shipping and, and right. supplies and everything. But um <clears throat> If I could, I have to think for a minute on it, but those are the two things that really pop out at me. I don't think anything on parks was like super expensive. I know that Unity concert cost a lot, mm. um, but I can't really think of anything that I spent like a ridiculous amount of money. Well, I will tell you, I, I'm looking at my set photos. I will tell you something really funny. In Tom's Bistro, we had to do that whole room full of wine and so you're not allowed to buy alcohol on shows you have to get like special permission and i don't know if in indianapolis you have trader joe's but we have trader joe's here and they have you know charles Shaw is like two buck chuck and so our idea my our my idea was let's just buy cases of two buck chuck (laughs) and relabel them now, if you would never, I, I, we spent so much time and money on that. And I got a lot of product placement too, but not, not, not enough for that room. I mean, it was, it was, it's a lot of room. It was like 400 bottles or something. Wow. Or and so um, <laughs> we relabeled everything. And when I started to dress it, I realized, oh my God, all the bottles are like going inward. We don't have, we should, we didn't have to relabel anything. <laughs> we would have never known that we you wouldn't see them. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, we really spent a lot of money on these <laughs> labels here and time. My whole crew, like, sitting there relabeling all of these things. And um, never, they never, I don't even think they might have go, did one scene in that room, but you would never know yeah. that, right. like, we relabeled all these bottles. So that was the, kind of wasted some money there <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad billy eichner didn't go in and grab one of them you know, no. Small yet, so yeah. no and then 
I think, you know, at the end when people didn't even want them, you know what I mean? It wasn't even like, hey, everybody take a bottle. It was sort of like, nobody wants this Tupac Chuck. It was a sin. <laughs> but yeah. You know, you've worked on a, a large number of TV shows and, and some movies as well. I mean, if you had the chance to kind of create your dream job, your next gig, what would it be? Star Wars. Oh, OK. Always. Nice. I mean, always. That's the yeah. goal. <laughs> and I'm so mad because they're shooting in L.A. And it's like I'm so jealous of the decorators getting to do that in Mandalorian. And yeah, I mean, that's the key. But um, I do. I do. I am going to do space on my next gig. So I'm, I'm excited about that because I've never done space. So I'm going basically from the White House to space. So, <laughs> well, I did uh, Rutherford Falls in between. But yeah, yeah. so. It should be fun. That That is it, though. To me, the fact that Star Wars, not like the three digital ones, not those, yeah. but like the, the what is it, four, five, and six, those yeah. just are so influential in and timeless. They're just timeless in the design. And I'm, I'm like obsessed with the fact of how they did that and made it. It's still current. Like you watch it now and you're like, that could be that could be now. Yeah, minus yeah. like all the CGI they would throw in now, but yeah. So that, that for me, that would be it. Well, it's interesting too, you know, the go to the galaxy's edge in either Florida or California and the design there, you know, it's, it's like you're in the movie, you yeah. know, it's very cool. And I've heard some, some early feedback on the galactic cruiser, mm -hmm. the, that experience where you're basically locked in there and oh, yeah. like you're in space for a couple of days, you know, six grand for three people for two days, but yeah. you know, I don't know. I'll maybe. start saving my pennies. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We could get a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> GoFundMe to get, get my Star Wars groove on. <laughs> I, I would never have thought of that. That's yeah. great. That's brilliant. <laughs> Can you tell us what the, you said space? Can you tell us anything about it or is it still? Oh, I, well, I don't like to jinx it, but I'm start, I'm starting on season four of For All Mankind. It's on Apple. Oh, nice. Nice. Love that show. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, I didn't watch it till I interviewed and I was like, oh, this is good. Like it's an alternate yeah. history, like yes. Nixon, I'm not Nixon, um, like Kennedy wasn't even president and then Teddy Kennedy was president. I know. Wasn't that crazy? And then Clinton yeah. wasn't president and the Russians beat us to the moon and we're already at Mars. And so- yeah. I'm excited to, I went and, and walked their stages of some of the existing sets last week. And I was just blown away, just phenomenal wow. sets. And just like, oh my God, this is, I'm, like, I'm in a spaceship. I could go to the moon. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I was, I just walked around with a smile on my face the whole time. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe I get to do this. That it's is so, so great. cool. Yeah. I'm really excited. So space. Um, That's neat. Yeah. So yeah, it should be. I'm assuming they're going to build on to the uh, or continue to use the the moon base set there. Uh, so. Well, I think they've moved on. <laughs> well, that's true. I guess I'm remembering where the last season. Ended oh, so yeah. So the, the story. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I have watched season three. Yeah. So, yeah. They've moved on. <laughs> yeah, well, like there's say. there's gonna be a time jump. Yeah. I yeah, because there's a, there is yeah. like a ten almost a ten year time jump between each season. That's what I read. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Cause I think that lets you do some, some really interesting things. You're not. Yeah. If you, if you're down into to that, what's yeah. come if before. 
yeah, if you're into that show, I actually, I, I think season one was really good. Season two, uh, season three is really good. And the, the ending of season three is really good. So that's going to be fun, I hope. I'll probably be dead by Christmas, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, this was fantastic. It was a nice little like memory lane too. Like I missed, I miss parks. It really, and and I get to work with a lot of the people um, here and there because I'm still in with those producers and such. And so nice. um, we all comment about how great working on the show was and that it was really like high school. It was really like <laughs> kind of like the, the best time of your life and you don't know it. <laughs> and oddly that. enough, our wrap gift um, for the end of the show was a yearbook. And so, really? yeah, oh, wow. yeah. And it was like, you know, class clowns and who's going to make it. And like, it's, it's oh such gosh. a perfect and everybody, we went in, everybody posed for their <laughs> like high school pictures. I don't think I, that's awesome. I have it. Somewhere. That's awesome. So yeah, it was a, it was a really great show to be a part of. I'm really proud of it. Well, thanks again for your time today and all the best and whatever you do next. And we look forward to seeing more of your work. Thank you. Thank you so Excellent. much for having me. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. See ya. All right, everybody. We're back. Well, Mark, that was a, a, a great interview. I, I actually enjoyed that. Like I said in the beginning, you know, I, I learned some things in there. And it's easy to take for granted that all of those, all of that, effort went into kind of designing the look and feel. And it's, it's, you know, it's not just the set de decorators in the art department, but it's the combination of that plus the art director, plus, you know, the, all of them together kind of making the look and feel of this thing. And uh, it's easy to just not pay attention to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even beyond that, you know, like on, on a personal level, I thought that she was a, a, a great yeah. guest. Oh, yeah. I she thought was she fun. was very easy to talk she to. Really she was very nice. Uh, well, she's got her own podcast, like we mentioned too, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, she had a little experience being the host. So she, she was very gracious as a guest as well. Absolutely. And so she made it easy on us. But yeah, th this was very enjoyable. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm really glad we had her on. Yeah. Well, we'll have a link on, on our, on our uh, episode description today to her, to her podcast and her website. So check those out if you get a chance. And like I said before, um, I think they're worth a listen for sure, especially if you find something you can connect to. Absolutely. I agree. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with episode 21 of season four bus tour. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to that one, Mark. Yep. Me too. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. <laughs> <laughs>